your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Happy summer, Shelby. Well, I guess it's not like <laughs> technically summer, but it's June, so I'm yeah. counting it. It's wild. It's already June. I mean, this year has been a hellscape of a decade just shoved into a few <laughs> horrible weeks. <laughs> yeah. I'm just shocked it's already June. Like, I'm truly... Yeah. Like, the last time I did anything fun was in March. You know what I mean? Like, that's just mm-hmm. sad. <laughs> yeah. It feels so long ago. So yeah. long ago. Yeah. It's, but then, this, like, it feels, it feels like another lifetime you know it's like (laughs) sometimes i sit and i think what would i be doing like normally at this like over the weekend i went and sort of like sat in the park and read for a while and i was like ah this is just so lovely like why didn't i do this before like why didn't i get up every day and you know like go walk a couple miles get a coffee (laughs) sit in the park read for a couple hours like why don't i do this and then it's like oh because i had people that i could see or (laughs) things to do where now i don't have that anymore so restaurants to go to and i know what are those yeah (laughs) i haven't i i realized that i have not had ice cream or pizza since the beginning of this oh my gosh are you basically kumail nanjiani with your body right now did are you just like in the best shape of your life because i mean pizza I I probably am in the best. Well, I don't know if I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm definitely like just emaciated. Yes, I'm the <laughs> the thinnest I've been in a while. I don't know best shape because you know I've been working out using like oh, books yeah. as weights. I tried to order a set of weights <laughs> online, and you can't. Like they don't. They're all sold out. Like I could not order any. Oh my gosh. So I'm just now using like coffee table books. Oh which, wow. I would love a video of that. Like just do a quarantine (laughs) workout live stream on your Instagram or something. Oh gosh. That's the content that people are asking for. (laughs) Work out with the PS You're Wrong hosts. (laughs) I think it could go viral. This could be your TikTok moment. (laughs) (laughs) I doubt it. Oh my gosh. Have (laughs) have you been working out? Have you been doing any exciting uh, regimens? No, I, I try. I think I alarmed my husband because he still gets out and like he has to go to work and stuff and whatever. And I alarmed my husband when I was like, oh, wow, the average steps like on my step tracking like phone app. I like average like 400 a day. (laughs) (laughs) I really need to get the blood flowing. I don't know. I I just keep waiting for my gym to open because Houston has been opening up. So I feel like I feel like that's the space where I'll like justify <laughs> being in a crowd because I'm just so desperate for an elliptical or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I keep waiting for them to just be like, oh, yeah, open season. Feel free to spread the germs. But they're still being really like paranoid at my apartment, which good for them, I guess. But oh, it's the it's your apartment. Yeah, gym. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we have a gym and a pool and. Both of those are closed, and it makes it really hard to enjoy Junes in Houston. I can imagine. Life is hard. <laughs> New York City is finally moving into phase one on oh. June 8th, which will be oh. exciting. It, yes. it does not impact me at all. Uh, it's like <laughs> construction sites can open, but it's yeah. phase one. And phase two involves 
getting haircuts. So I'm like, and supposedly after two weeks in phase one, if we're still good, then we can move to phase two. So I'm just like, okay, that means that I could feasibly get a haircut like as early as what, June 23rd or something (laughs) like that. So that's what I'm like looking forward to. You should book it now because a lot of hairstylists are like booked out. Like, oh, I'm sure my mom couldn't get into her. Or maybe it was a friend. I don't know who keeps track anymore. It's text. But um, someone tried to get an appointment and they're like, oh, yeah, I can put you in for August, like end of August. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, luckily, I think guys haircuts uh, are less uh, (laughs) time intensive than like a whole cut and color whatever situation that your mom probably has going on. Um, Although I don't know, maybe your mom has an all gray pixie cut. You know, (laughs) if she wants to do that, good for her. But that's not the look my mom is rocking. (laughs) Well, I'm hopeful for you. I mean, there's lots of crazy stuff going on. And obviously we didn't do our pop culture roundup this week. Um, we record these early, so who knows the status of uh, these riots, I mean, protests and the Black Lives Matter movement and where we are with that. I know New York has had some crazy, mm-hmm. unfortunate moments, and Houston had its own share of some truly frightening police <laughs> action. But, I mean, we're here and we're excited to talk about things that don't matter at all. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, speak for yourself, Shelby. <laughs> We're talking about Run Season yeah. 1, which I feel like oh, probably right, right, right. is the new, I don't know, Odyssey <laughs> Iliad of our generation. It will yeah. be remembered forever. Truly important, yeah. No, but I mean, I know that there was a lot of stuff going on this week that we were excited to talk about maybe on our Pop Culture Roundup, but obviously it just didn't feel totally appropriate. But for instance, I would be curious what you would share in your love it or hate it. Um, you, uh, when did this come out? I can't remember <laughs> if I could have feasibly talked about this. Like, you know, time is a time is a construct. <laughs> um, but Lady Gaga released her new album, yes. Cro- Chromatica. This is the first time I'm saying it aloud. Chrome, chromatic, chromatica, chromatica, chromatica. Uh, sure, we'll go with that. You know what? I haven't heard anybody else say it. So. <laughs> It's her sixth studio album, and people, I think, were really excited about it because it is her return to pop music. She's had, she had that weird Tony Bennett album. She had Joanne, which was like country music, sort of. She had this Star is Born soundtrack. But this is her first album since Art Pop, which was in 2013, that's like pop stuff. Yeah. So I listened to it, and it is very good. She had the singles Stupid Love and Rain On Me, the Ariana Grande song, which came out early. But the rest of the album's really good, too. And I especially like the songs Free Woman and Fun Tonight, if you want to check those out. But, yeah. I mean, the back half of the album is, I think, weaker than the front half. But overall, solid choice. Also, the 1975 just came out with a new album, which is also good. So, good time for music, I guess. Yeah, Carly Rae Jepsen came out with like a side B of yes, and I liked Mm -hmm. some of those songs, but I I haven't actually listened to Chromatica yet. I I was disappointed by the singles, I think, and so I was just sort of like, well, I'll see what like rises to the top of like oh really? Yeah, I liked them. I think it's just sort of like I don't know, and I know you'll make fun of me for saying this, but it just feels like a lot of pop music all sounds the same. And that's like fine or whatever. Like, I mean, yes. <laughs> but it just like it didn't feel like like Lady Gaga has just such distinctive, like memorable songs. 
And these ones, I was just like struggling to feel that like same sort of energy. But I, I mean, it's hard to top some of her early hits. So maybe I'm just also. I mean, I think with most artists, it's like I, I mean, Lady Gaga is actually a really good example of this. Of like when she goes, she's tried to do non-pop things, and people mm-hmm. are sort of like, "Well, but we want what's similar to what you already did." But then if she does something that's too similar, it's like, "Well, this is similar to." your other stuff but maybe like not as good or maybe we're just like more we've heard it already (laughs) but I liked it I thought it was fun it's a good like and it's and it's very like upbeat it's a good music to uh you know work out with a coffee table Mm. books in your bedroom too so (laughs) really good in the in the groove there Mm -hmm. okay what have you been loving or hating um yeah I mean I my sister's in town this week um she drove out here for the last few weeks. So we've been just binging a lot of old favorites. But I have wanted to talk about this new show I found on Netflix, which is a French show. So it's in subtitles, but we all know that those are still valuable shows and you can get over it and watch it. Uh, it's called, I don't know. <laughs> it's called Into the Night. And it's this um this sort of sci-fi um this sci-fi limited well short series like it's only seven or eight episodes and basically the premise is someone realizes that when the sun rises like when the sun touches people like the people all just die and they're not sure why they don't know why and this airplane is hijacked because they want to outrun like this sun they want to fly into the night and so they're trying to like figure out where to go and like what to do and they're doing this as they're like flying from night to like airport to airport in the night and getting further away from the sun and blah 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 and it turns into this mystery and all this stuff and they're trying to find this supposed bunker that maybe was able to survive this and so it's a very interesting it sounds very weird but it sort of has that like lost energy where you just have to like it's a great opening like episode like it's a great premiere and you're just sucked in and you're kind of like, okay, I'll go along with this ride. <laughs> and also it turns into this like really interesting character driven show where there's just this handful of passengers and just all their different motivations and backstories and like how they are driven to survive this sort of impossible situation and and the good and the bad and the ugly of it all. And it was very good. And I'm excited for a second season, which I think was officially announced a couple weeks ago. I heard about this somewhere or another. I read an article about it or something. But um, yes, it sounds very interesting to me. And they can't just like go in a cave or something. That's like not an option for them. No, because it like turns, it's like they've tried, other people have tried different things. Like they're able to get the internet on the plane or whatever. So they're trying to piece together like what's happening. And like as people are uh, dying in mass. And um, you know what? I was wrong. It's it's Dutch. It's not French. (laughs) my apologies such white ignorance there but um it just came out this year it's a new netflix original there's six episodes and it's like inspired by some polish novel but um i think the show alone is just like a really fun interesting ride and kind of scratches that like apocalyptic itch we sometimes feel in Mm -hmm. quarantine but it's not about like a fever so it's easier to separate and enjoy (laughs) Oh, love of fever drama. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, this sounds very interesting to me. I will add it to my list of shows. Oh my gosh, really? Watching. I mean, we'll see if I get to it, but yes, <laughs> it'll. I'm adding it to the list right now. 
Wow, I'm touched, honestly. You if know. you watch it, I'd be curious to know because, you know, obviously it's not. It was like one of the top 10 of the U.S. at some point, which is why I pressed play in the first place. Like, I've Maybe that's why I yeah recognized it so it's clearly like people are interested in it but i don't know anyone who's watched it personally so (laughs) if you end up watching it or if some of our listeners have watched or want to watch feel free to send us an email with your thoughts because i'm curious (laughs) this is a total random side tangent relating solely to the netflix top 10 but did you watch the jeffrey epstein movie that was like number one (laughs) for all of this past week no i didn't i don't know why uh, is it good? I didn't watch it either. I but I was like oddly fascinated, and I was like, oh, I sort of want to watch this, but like I also had like other things to do, and I wanted to know if it was good or not because now after the wrong Missy was the number one, truly all of my <laughs> faith is gone in those Netflix yes. rankings. Yes. So I was like, I'm not watching this just because it's number one, but yeah. I was also intrigued. So, but I feel like it's probably one of Netflix like trash documentaries. So yeah, they're kind of like getting worse and worse it sometimes feels like because they know there's just this itch for well he just died like exactly not that long ago so i'm like how then like (laughs) mm -hmm. yes exactly yeah actually another of the top 10 that's like horrible is space force which is pretty disappointing because that steve carell new show that's sort of poking fun of this idea of I mean, it's not called the Trump administration in the show, but this call for a space force. And like, so it satirizes all that. And it's Steve Carell's return to TV. And like, I was very excited, but I couldn't even get through the first episode. We had that on the timeline and (laughs) you took the bullet and watched that. And I was like, okay, good. Well, you know what? (laughs) We can do an episode on run instead. (laughs) Yes. And so here we are. Which is kind of funny because we were both very excited about Run. I think it was one of our love a few weeks ago. Yeah. This show, to, for me, sort of came out of nowhere a little bit. I yeah. was... Um, I hadn't heard anything about it. And then I was looking on goldderby.com's like, list of potential Emmy nominees. And this was like high on the list for best comedy. And it hadn't even come out yet. And I was like, what? Like, what is this? I haven't heard anything about it. But I think the reason why it was so high on the list is because it is from the creator of the show is Vicky Jones, who is Phoebe Waller Bridges sort of like um, creative partner. Mm-hmm. And they were behind Fleabag and Killing Eve. And now this show, which Phoebe Waller Bridge, uh, I think, worked on a bit. She's a producer and also yeah. is a an actress in it so because Fleabag was so great which we both loved Fleabag and that won a bunch of Emmys last year and then Mm -hmm. Killing Eve has obviously done really well I've only watched the first season of that but I liked it um and so yeah we both had high hopes coming into this and I think the first couple episodes were really good and people really liked them a lot yeah and it was like very fun like just to reset up the premise, if you've forgotten, it's about Donald Gleason and Merritt Weaver's characters who had this sort of undetailed agreement. We're just introduced to that if one of them texts run and the other one replies with run, then they agree to meet in New York on a train across the country back to L.A. And so we don't really have any other information in the pilot except that they both text run. They end up on this train and there's a lot of sexy sexual tension and like fun flirting. And they're 
exes from college and it's been like a decade or something since they've seen each other and now they're keeping secrets from each other about where they are in their lives now and like why they are on the train in the first place and like what their motivation was but it was so like fun and they're just such entertaining actors that it was I was really excited by the first few episodes just to kind of watch this playful flirtatious disaster sort of gear up but it really (laughs) went places I was not expecting well it's it's only seven episodes long the whole series Mm -hmm. which I knew I think that that was announced early on so I knew that in early on in the run that it wasn't very long and the episodes are only a half hour each because it's a comedy so you feel like it is going to have sort of a flea baggy arc to it in mm-hmm. that it's not really all about all that much but just sort of like these characters and it's not that it's not taking that much time and the first two episodes are really you're meeting these two characters they're meeting each other after not seeing each other for a long time there's like some backstory but you're really not getting that much and I just thought that probably the whole season was going to be like them figuring out what they're gonna do with their (laughs) lives going forward and then also us like getting sort of a lot of backstory in what they were like when they met the first time like why what their relationship was like why they broke up why they're getting back together what the their lives are like now and what they're sort of running from and in episode three of the series it sort of takes like a little bit of a turn and then it just like keeps riding off the like every episode is like a new twist that's like wilder and I feel like you never really get back to the first two episodes of like the relationship yeah and it's interesting because I remember some of the reviews were like oh the first few episodes are a little shaky you don't really know why you have to care about these characters but then it hits its stride and it's interesting and who knows how this mystery plays out but it should be fun and so I had sort of the opposite experience where yeah I was more invested in them like yes they're kind of like bad people but you're like oh well they're like cute together so you're kind of like rooting for them but then yeah so you get this new twist where actually Donald Gleason's character Billy was a life like guru like a speaker who would do these books and tours and stuff and his assistant starts like stalking them and demanding money and being like you can't just quit and so it it created this new tension which I was fine with where it was like she sort of infiltrated Ruby and became friends with her and was sort of like oh look at me I'm on the train too and so it kind of was a cat and mouse game with her character and it all revolved around him cleaning out his bank account with a hundred thousand dollars in cash and then the Fiona character, this assistant, blackmailing Ruby with a sex tape of her and Billy having sex in a hotel. And so it was like, okay, I can see where this is going. Like they have to outsmart this girl while while they're on a train and like time is running out. <laughs> and then there was this huge other twist in episode five that that was really a moment in the show where I stopped caring because it was sort of like they were asking too much of me, I felt like. The weird thing about even those episodes three and four where we're getting the introduction of Fiona, the assistant, is like we still don't really understand her backstory or her and Billy's relationship. Like she's his assistant, but 
he's like running away from her. Why does he have to empty out all of his money into cash and then carry it on the train with him? Like there's just some right. un unresolved backstory issues that again we never really get to because the show is so short like it's so (laughs) little time I mean the whole thing is what three and a half hours I guess yeah and there's just not time to ever go back into that backstory so yeah in episode five there Fiona jumps off the train with the bag of money they jump off the train after her they're chasing her uh, like through the countryside they eventually end up at this farmhouse and they're sort of like wrestling over this bag of money she has it she jumps out the window slash maybe is pushed out the window into this haystack which surprise surprise has like metal stakes in it (laughs) for some reason so she dies on this stake and then now it's gone from like a oh like are we gonna rekindle the relationship (laughs) oh i can't let this sex tape be leaked out too oh shoot maybe we murdered this woman (laughs) and so then instead of reporting it they decide well they have to go on the run and so then the rest of the series is them sort of running from the cops trying to cover up the fact that they like didn't actually murder this woman but it looks like that they did oh yeah it was like the weirdest plot turn in a show i've seen in recent years and the fact that it came so late in the season like more than halfway over it was just sort of like wait what like what was the show i was being sold on and now it becomes about people who are capable of Maybe not murdering someone in cold blood, but willingly walking away and not like calling the cops, which is also just a stupid choice because there was like no incriminating evidence really that would get them in trouble. Like it was a pretty, I think there would have been room to, you know, they had witnesses, they could say there was room for them to convince the cops that it was an accident, like a sad one, but whatever. And I don't know why shows insist on this like idea of a, of a character being like, no, let's just go on the run. Like, let's just leave. And obviously this show wanted that because, oh, it's a mystery. But it just made it so much more unlikable because I'm like, these, are, these aren't these are just like problematic people. These are like truly bad, selfish, mean, awful people. <laughs> well, and also then after that, there's the introduction of Phoebe Waller-Bridge's <laughs> character who is like, it who's is. a taxidermist that initially gives them a ride when they're hitchhiking back to the train but then is also the one who discovers the body and Mm -hmm. then also there's this cop character who sort of has like a like i don't like a romantic connection with uh phoebe Mm -hmm. waller bridge so then that's a whole nother plot line but again this is the woman dies halfway through episode five. There's only seven episodes in this series, and each episode is only a half hour long. So after the woman dies, there's what? Maybe like an hour and ten minutes left yeah. of the show, and we have two new characters introduced. All of a sudden, we're on the run. We're trying to get back on the train. It's just too much for mm. the show. I think that what they needed to do is have the whole first season just be them on the train, getting to know each other, maybe the stuff with the assistant, but mm-hmm. but then the assistant should die as like the closing scene of the finale. And right. then the second season should be them on the run from 
the law or whatever. Like that's how this should have been set up. The fact that they tried to cram all this <laughs> into seven episodes is like ludicrous. And I don't understand how they thought they were going to pull this off. Yeah, because it just it felt like two very different shows and the tone never really found itself again. And it's weird because the ending of this series is a cliffhanger. So they were acting on the hope that they would have a season two anyways. So yeah, why wouldn't they have saved the biggest plot twist and weirdest plot twist for a season one ending? Because as is, there is absolutely no level of closure to the finale. And there's not even like an interesting shot. It just ends in the most abrupt, like pointless kind of way that I was literally like, shocked that the credits were rolling and I was like this isn't just like oh my gosh I can't believe they ended it there it was more like wow that felt so lazy I have no interest in picking this up again well because the cops are after them Ruby calls the police to tell them that Billy who who like maybe who like knew something or killed her or whatever is on the train so the Mm. police are like on the train looking for them but before the police can find them they get off at the station in california where ruby is meeting her family and so then the last scene is like her meeting like reconnecting with her husband and the kids and then billy coming up and being like i'm in love with you like you need to come with me basically burning her story that she'd been telling her husband about how she's at this yoga retreat which like obviously (laughs) she wasn't and he's smart enough to see through that anyways but it's like a weird ending because it's not like they're getting arrested or or it it, it really has nothing to do with the body plot line at all which is still unresolved (laughs) but it also doesn't it's not really that good of a cliffhanger with their relationship either and i don't know if you saw this at all in your research but there's been some drama on whether or not this show is going to get a second season <laughs> because on the HBO website, this show was lit or this episode was listed as series finale, Ooh. as in like, we're not getting a second season, yeah. but that was never announced that they weren't getting a second season. And so when they were, so when news sources were talking to the showrunners, they were like, um, well, like we want to do a second season. Like we're open to it. <laughs> I, we think that there might be one, but HBO yeah. has, you know, whether either by a typo or just because they think that the show isn't that good, have announced that there, like, won't be sort of accidentally. I don't know. It's a weird situation. I know. It just, like, I get, like, I get the gamble of you need to end a season with the hope of a second season that hasn't yet been confirmed. So you have to have sort of some sort of closure so it stands alone but you also want to leave enough open ends that it would justify a second season so I can see the machinations behind them being like okay well we have to end with like questions in the air because we want another go at this but it's like clearly and even in the even in interviews with the creator afterwards they have not made any plans for season two like they don't know where it'll go they don't know who could come back like as far as side characters like she passingly was like yeah i'm not sure laurel will the phoebe waller bridge character would play into season two so it was like well why'd you introduce her then and it, it just feels messy that they didn't have a clear vision whether or not they had a clear idea that it was gonna get a season two in the first place so i was just like what what was your intention here? Like, this is the worst se- season of television. If it doesn't get a second season, 
And if it does get a second season, shouldn't you have some sort of dream for that and like structured story in place that justifies the choices you made in season one? Yeah, it, the whole thing just feels sort of like rushed or messy. I mean, I, I like the idea and there's a lot of good concepts here, I think, but it's mm-hmm. just not executed very well <laughs> and i'm i feel like the way that you do a first season is you sort of wrap up everything and then you have like one big sort of like dun 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 scene <laughs> that's the cliffhanger of the show like i right. was watching the show hunters uh, uh, well gosh now probably like two months ago but in Cor- in the right. month that is coronavirus which i mean it's <laughs> basically just one month no matter how long it is and they did, you know, they don't obviously don't know if they're getting a second season. And that's like a really big, expensive show um, that if yeah. it doesn't do well, probably won't get renewed. And they, you know, do that nicely where they sort of like wrap up most of the things from the first season and sort of like answer most of the questions but then they have a scene at the end that does set up a big question for the second season if they have one but also mm-hmm. if they don't have one the first season works pretty well in and of <laughs> itself right exactly and I think that's what was frustrating like watching this because I I was so excited about it I was telling all my friends they should watch it I was like this is such a fun new show <laughs> and now I'm just like taking it all back I'm like don't even bother like I I was so disappointed and I think it is just like it's so untethered like it's just and it doesn't make sense and it's like they're so dumb for thinking they could get away with this and like obviously you can believe oh you're in the height of emotions or whatever but they lingered in the town and like had long discussions of whether they would tell people or not and then they're seen by multiple people they use their real names with laurel's character it's just like you guys were too stupid to ever get away with going on the run so it's like what are they going to do in season two anyways? I mean, they're clearly just going to both get <laughs> arrested or whatever. I mean, yeah. at a certain point, when, uh, yeah, at a certain <laughs> point I thought, oh, well, they could do something where like season one is this train. Season two is on the run from the cops. Season three is like a trial or something if they wanted to do it that way. I feel like that could work. And I think that both of them are just stupid to begin with. I yes. mean, they're very impulsive they aren't really thinking things through. I mean, even the fact that she just like left and didn't really tell her family she didn't have any kind of cover story. Like they're right. not the brightest people. So I could see <laughs> them running away from the crime scene and thinking yeah. like, oh yeah, we'll figure it out as we go sort of. But the bigger fault for me with the show is that it's based on this relationship. The whole show is is structured around Ruby and Billy's <laughs> relationship but we never get any backstory as in like what they were like why they broke up why they have this weird act i mean like this is a very strange situation that they would do this run texting thing or like have it be an actual real thing i mean i don't know any couples or i've never (laughs) been in any relationships where you've had some kind of weird thing where like yes like you know 20 years from now we're gonna text each other something weird and then (laughs) also did they even have texting honestly when (laughs) they would have been dating like that's yes that's a good question well how old are they come on we've had texting for 
15 years of our lives, right? Like, when did you get your first phone? I don't know. <laughs> I got my first phone in, I don't know, maybe like I 2005 mean, maybe they... or something like that. <laughs> I think they're still fairly young. They're like, I think they said something like 10 years or something. I mean, this isn't like 80-year-olds who are rekindling. I romance. guess, <laughs> but I don't know. I think it's on the cusp. If they well, had phones, they had old <laughs> phones, you know, like they were just because because this isn't cell phone. I mean, like this isn't. Oh, call me. This is texting, which came after cell phone. <laughs> I'm looking up this timeline. I just want to know. Oh, you're right. It was a packed 17 years earlier. So let's think about that. So 17 years ago would have been. I mean, 2003 you might be on to something i don't know when did texting (laughs) when did texting come okay now i'm looking this up we just ended the entire show on a single a single um plot hole okay text messaging maybe this exists in a parallel universe where cell phones existed much longer than they have here history and that's, well you know this is that's the in 1933 the first <laughs> yeah. text yeah that's not helpful um yeah. okay i'm looking because then uh, <laughs> da, da, da. <laughs> as of 2007 text messaging was the most widely used mobile data <laughs> service they were ahead of their time man i mean he went on to become a emotional life guru so what is just cattle knew. texting <laughs> do you know what that is no i'm on the wikipedia page for text messaging and that's a whole like breakdown sub message tattle texting can mean either two different texting trends arena security or smart cars this said uh, texting started in 1992 so i, I mean, mean maybe they just meant but oh, who was texting you. in 1992 <laughs> I don't know. But anyways, this just proves there's a lot wrong with Ron if we can get so upset over this packed idea. I mean, the other question I had was with Fiona's character. Like, she's pretty cuckoo bird, like crazy a little bit. She begins stalking him almost immediately, which you kind of find out why she knew and why she was sort of nervous that he was bailing on her because in the end, spoiler alert, I guess, but... Um, it turns out that Billy had had this plan after a failed sort of guru moment. He needed to recover his, his, he needed a new, a new story. And so he was selling this idea of texting his ex run as a book deal. And so Fiona was in on it originally, but then he realized he had real feelings for Ruby and he was like, no, I want to do this for real. I'm done with you. Like, please. But like, how fast was that? (laughs) You know, again, yeah. talking about the timeline. So they, so he makes this video <laughs> with that she is recording where he texts her run. She then responds with run and they go to New York City. They yeah. get on a train. The train from New York to Chicago takes how long? A day? A day and a night? Like not that long. And that's where she meets up with him that's where he is like no i need to get rid of this lady he takes all the money out of his bank account and puts it into a bag like that's only a day and a half <laughs> after he met up with with there's Ruby. at least i think three nights right because there's 
Well, they the get on the train. On the train where they don't end up hooking up. And then there's the second night in Chicago where they hook up in the hotel. And then right. and then they get but, off. But at that she's point she's running. already there. Yeah, yeah. And so then there's a night in the countryside when they're trying to decide whether or not to run. So yeah, I guess it's I guess But three he's nights. she's already stalking him. She's right. already stalking him by the time they get to Chicago. Yeah, yeah. And I trying know. to steal all of his money. Like, and it, what? And it is interesting because we don't see him text her. I don't remember seeing him text her and being like, no, I'm not doing the book deal anymore. It's like, if I was him, I wouldn't have said anything until I got to L.A., cleaned out my bank account quietly, and moved on my merry way, you know? <laughs> yeah. But these characters are very dumb. And Fiona herself is very dumb because she, her whole reason she's upset with him isn't because they used to hook up or whatever. It's because she put all her eggs in one basket with being his assistant. And she's like, I've worked for you for seven years. Like, I made you who you are. And I can't get another job because you never gave me a better title than, like, personal assistant. And I was like, honey, that is that is on you. I mean, unless you were asking and he was being a dick about it. But you should have a very strong resume that shows exactly what you did for this guy in his career. So that was very unclear to me. And I was just sort of like, realistically, would someone be that upset? Because I feel like unless she was being paid under the table or something, there's like contracts in place and stuff. This whole show is just, (laughs) it feels like a first draft. Like somebody pitched this like, and they never went back and fixed anything. yeah but it's the part where phoebe waller bridge like she's the one who who like picks up them as hitchhikers and takes them to the train station she's also like dropping off macaroni and cheese at the (laughs) house where she's where the dead fiona is at and then she's also like sleeping with the police investigator also at one point her and the police investigator go to the bar that it's just like what? No, this is too <laughs> well, many I don't things think going the on. And too many coincidences. Knew her until she was interviewing her as a sort of suspect, right? Because she was but friends. even still, yeah. And it's also weird because honestly, I really liked the weirdness between the police officer and the taxidermist. Like I thought their energy was fun and like an interesting relationship. But then to hear the creator be like, yeah, we're not even going to revisit that in season two. It's like, well, then what were you doing? <laughs> like, what is the point of these characters? And I just and maybe, I wish they'd been plotted better. Well, and really, if you think about it, Fiona is in episode three, four and a half, and she dies like 10 minutes into five. <laughs> the laurel the taxidermist is in like sort of five and then six and seven the police chief is only in six it's like there's not enough time for this many characters like we have it's so short i mean here's the thing if i'm if i'm gonna say like now later never to this show i would honestly sort of say now because it's so short (laughs) and i I, it is very watchable. Like I was, it, there's so yeah. much happening that I was never bored for a second. And the acting I think is really good and it is sort of like weird. So it, I wouldn't say that it's a bad, I mean, I think it's a bad show, but it's not like a bad show to watch if that makes right. sense. It's you more know what I mean? It's disappointing than unwatchable. It's just like, oh, 
it didn't really but i think if you went it. into it with more of like a oh this is like a hot mess <laughs> like express all kinds of things are going on in it you would like it more if you Maybe. knew that it was going to sort of build up where i think i, I was know. <laughs> like lulled into a false sense of security at some point i was just like like it was painful to watch the last two episodes. Like I would forget about it and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I have to watch that. Like I have to finish this, I guess." And I just, it's just not like worth it in any way in the end because yeah, you don't get answers about like why Billy took so long to text her because you see that Ruby had texted him previously, like on her wedding day or whatever. So there had been iterations where he decided not to run with her dick move and then with her it's like well why is she so willing like she's not a strong character and maybe that's like what they want to explore is her finding herself again because she's obviously like in this unhappy marriage that she's unwilling to leave but it also seemed like she wasn't even that excited about getting married in the first place so you're just sort of like wow this woman is just like drawn to men in her life to make it better or whatever and so you don't really get answers about like what she wants or what she's hoping to get from this or why she married her husband and why she stayed with her husband. And then, yeah, you have this new cop storyline, this murder storyline. It's just like, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to care about. Cause frankly, I just, I don't care about any of it. I feel, I mean, you will not appreciate this comment, but the, <laughs> in JK Rowling's like mystery series books, uh-huh. One of the main characters is this woman who is sort of like the detective's assistant and sort of gets the job accidentally and then really discovers like that this is kind of her calling and what she wants to do. And she's in this weird sort of um, loveless relationship with this guy that uh, that is, I think, similar to Mm -hmm. what Ruby is going through. But in that book series, it's like you have four really long books and you get so much backstory that you can really understand like why she was in this relationship in the first place, how things previous even to that relationship like led her into that. And then how that is sort of falling apart now where this it's just it didn't have enough time to get into any of that so you're left at the end wondering like why she was in why she was married why she was in a relationship with billy in the first place why the relationship broke off like at one point she says that she's an architect and she lies about that but that's not really her job she's just like there's just so many questions (laughs) so many question yeah but none of the questions you're left with are really interesting enough to justify a season two i feel like no because they're like basic questions (laughs) yeah it's just you just want a rundown of these characters histories and it's also just like there's no chance of them even going on the run because now they're in la and the police know exactly who they're looking for like what is this Billy guy going to do in And And she's LA. with her kids. Yeah, yeah. Like there's not, it's not set up for a second season where, you know, like they're driving around hiding in hotels or whatever, <laughs> yeah. like a Thelma or like um, a Bonnie and Clyde sort right. of thing, which could, I think be a fun sort of <laughs> sexy show, but it's not set up for that because you have her husband. Who's like the dorky guy from Mad Men and their kids. It's just, it is disappointing because there was so much excitement with the Phoebe Waller bridge element and Vicky Jones, obviously, and like blah, blah, blah. And to just kind of have the wind taken out of your cells that way is a letdown. I don't know when this was put into production, but I wonder (laughs) if 
this was sort of a like the result of Fleabag and Killing Eve doing so well that they yeah. were like, we have another idea. And these people were like, fine, we'll buy it. Yes, yes, Sign great. You know, and yeah. it was just like pushed through without really much editorializing on it. Yeah. Where I think both Killing Eve, the first season, and Fleabag were sort of long gestating projects that just sort mm. of happened to come about at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because honestly, we might be in the minority here because it does have like 84% on Rotten Tomatoes. It has a generally favorable reviews on Metacritic. Like, well, people sort of like it. (laughs) Is that Rotten Tomatoes scores are based on reviews. And I think most reviews are come after, you know, the first batch of episodes. So it's not like an episode by episode (laughs) review. And I was IMDB has episode by episode reviews. And those scores like continue to go down (laughs) as the season goes on. Oh, good. And also the audience score for Run is much lower than the critic score is. So. I know it's too bad because I saw I was like reading reviews from when it first came out and someone was like, oh, it's like a Alfred Hitchcock thriller, like a sexy <laughs> thriller. And I was like, that would have been so fun. Like, but the thing with Alfred Hitchcock is they're very well plotted. And this was just sort of scraped together. And it's just it's always disappointing to be let down by. So here's a question something. for you, though. Yeah. I don't think that this really stands a chance to be nominated for the best comedy Emmy. But do you think that either of these performances will be good enough to get them nominations? Um, I don't I mean, first, I don't think so, just because I think it's been a very strong year for a lot of these sort of. I guess Mrs. America is more limited series, so I don't remember the breakdown. But like, yeah, I I think this would be in comedy. So yeah. it would be up against like Schitt's Creek and The Good Place and Mrs. Yeah. Maisel and that kind of thing. Oh. I mean, I definitely like I still have love for both of the stars. I think they're they worked well together. They just became more and more unlikable. But I think mm-hmm. overall Merritt Weaver did the best job in the show. Yeah, I think she was good. And the Emmys like her. I could see that getting nominated. Yeah. Um, so or for her getting nominated. Okay, do you want to get into the lightning round questions? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have many because it's so compact. But I was curious if you had made a pact with a friend in college for whatever journey you might go on, who would that have been? Like, who was the most important figure to you <laughs> in your college most years? Most important figure to me in my yeah. college years. I mean, that's so tricky because I didn't have, you know, like a longtime college girlfriend mm-hmm. or something that mm-hmm. I would have connected with. Maybe and I could honestly, but I could have seen myself with a number of friends having some <laughs> kind of weird thing like this. And yeah. honestly, I probably would do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like if I had a weird thing with one of my friends who was fun from college that was like, we're going to take a train trip across the country <laughs> if we text a weird word, I definitely would be like, okay, taking the week off. But I also would tell people, you know what I mean? Like right. I wouldn't, wouldn't run yeah, off. I don't know. Do you have somebody who you're like, this is who I would be doing with? A pre-Rob uh, boyfriend? Yeah. No, 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 no. I, I didn't have any game in college. But I think I would definitely have done, like, I had a like a girlfriend, like a friend, my roommate, who I definitely would have planned something weird like this. But were she to text me now, I would not reply. <laughs> <laughs> she could be listening to this, Shelby. <laughs> I highly doubt that, but... 
Is, I, it, is it the roommate who dated Rob and then uh, you <laughs> stole him from her? Listen, no comment. And that's not our story. <laughs> so don't go spreading falsehoods. But I I just think it's, you know, it, college is a different time and you make a lot of weird packs. But I don't think any of them would have stuck for me. Are you still like friends with a lot of your yes. friends? You seem like, yeah, yeah. You seem like you're one of those lifers. <laughs> I, I mean, I honestly feel like I most, I mean... There's definitely there's definitely situational friends who you sort of like know when you're friends mm-hmm. with them like okay we're only friends together because you know we like are in the same <laughs> classes or whatever and you know you have to find somebody right. but I honestly feel like I have friends from all of the, my periods of life who are like genuine friends who I'll I mean I hope will be friends for the rest of my life we'll yeah. see but well you, you can know. start a pack now and see Sh- do you want to start a pack now. Shelby yeah <laughs> yeah yeah what would our pact be in like 17 years if one of us texts you know well no like, wouldn't be would texted it'd be on a it'd be on a yeah. technology platform yet to be invented <laughs> uh what would we do i mean i think it'd have to i be feel like, like it would ha- walking to the original olive garden or something just <laughs> in italy trek. in yeah. italy you know course, where they teach all the chefs yes, um, yeah um I feel like it could be some like new like some weird New York thing, but now I'm trying to think um, of like something that we've done in New York that would be maybe it's that we go to our old boss's summer home. Oh my gosh! Yeah, like <laughs> like just when show up on the door. Or, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, not even then. Like he might be there, he might not. Right. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see. I don't know if I'm ready to commit to that pact, but. We'll brainstorm. We're gonna. Um, if you had to have a taxidermied animal in your house, what animal would you get? Uh, my family has joked a lot about if we would preserve our dog when they die. We ultimately decided not to preserve my childhood dog, but I think I would have been okay with doing that. I honestly feel like that is weirder. Like if I went into someone's house and they had like a taxidermied like. <laughs> I don't know, you know, like Family raccoon pet. or something yeah, or like, yeah. like just some random right. animal. Like, oh, I got a, <laughs> I shot this buffalo while I was hunting and I have a texturing buffalo in my house. I'd be like, oh, okay. That's like interesting. That's like a, that's like a, a, a decorating choice. Mm-hmm. Having an old pet is like a, this person can't let go. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like a yeah. weird, it's I a different I level of weirdness. That. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. What would you have? Like a, like a rhino I mean, or? In my, I mean, rhinos are my favorite animal, but I sort of, I don't know how I feel about having a dead rhino in my house. Also, yeah. it would have to be a big house to have that. And I feel of like course. people would look down on you if you had a taxidermied rhino, That's you know, it'd true. be like yeah. poaching or something. Yeah, you're um, right. Even if it did die of natural causes, which is the yeah. only way that I would have one. Um, but I feel like, uh, you know, I would, I kind of do like a sort of lodge feel so I could definitely see myself as having like a moose head or something somewhere, oh, you know, moose. like in wow, a room yeah. in the house. I think I could get into that. Yeah. Well, maybe one day. I They're actually pretty expensive, I think. Um, when we jokingly looked into it for our dog, I think it's pretty, pretty hard to get a good taxidermist. Do you remember that taxidermist commercial from YouTube? Like that was popular <laughs> when we were in like high school. <laughs> I can't remember I it, but I just it just dawned on me. I'll have to find it and share it. It it was so funny. But now I can't remember any details. 
Um, okay, let's think. So, um, <laughs> I honestly just was so uninspired by this show that I'm struggling to think of Well, okay, questions. I have another question. Okay, I have perfect. another question. So, let's say Run is not, the second season is not a- about this. It's an anthology show. Mm, what okay. are you pitching as, like, a second season that somehow has to do with the word Run and okay. involves, like, two characters, like, two actors oh. in some kind of, like, romance ish situation but not like a pack to meet up like it has to be different well i guess it could be a pack to meet up in some way shape or form but not but not like the same plot exactly just like thematically somehow attached oh man this is tough how about you tell me yours and i'll think about it okay i was thinking what about like somebody who is sort of uh, like a like a politician of some mm. variety. Okay, okay, who, I see. Who okay, who's in the closet? Right. Who has some kind of like, oh, I'm meeting back up with my like college fling. Uh-huh. That's the that's the that's <laughs> it. That's the setup. Okay, okay, okay. And is it called run because he's running for office or is it called run because... Oh, I like that. I hadn't thought of that, <laughs> that's but where sure. I thought you I were mean, going. So that's why I paused I, there, but um you know, no, I was just sort was of punny. thinking like what would be a, right. a, a like sort of a tense situation. And right. then and then you could maybe realize like, oh, maybe the the old boyfriend is reaching out because like he needs like money or like he needs a pardon yes. or something, okay. you know, some like that there could be an ulterior motive. Yes. You know, the stories I always love are like um, and this is because I read a lot of uh, YA but you know, like the one story of them has cancer, of... <laughs> and then the other one. No. no, that's a good idea. No, I was thinking more along the lines of like the president's son or a famous actress who's been famous since she was a child, and okay. just deciding to give it all up for the hot, you know, servant they knew before, oh. <laughs> and trying to give, you know, giving up their riches or title or whatever it is. And risking it all for this for this long lost. Love. Oh, I I sort of like that. And then it could yeah. be you know like the manager is trying to find them exactly. or whatever because yes. like you know you're under contract to be in the next Avengers movie or something. Yes. Okay, I would watch that. <laughs> I think both of these are are valid ideas. Phoebe, yeah, call us. <laughs> Give us the call. <laughs> yeah. Um, would you ever ride a coast to coast train? You know, I I think that there's an allure to mm-hmm. riding in a train for those mm-hmm. who haven't really done it very much. Mm-hmm. Um, I have ridden in enough trains, you know, like <laughs> the Metro North, like an Amtrak train every yeah. now and again, to know that they're not super glamorous and they're kind <laughs> of like dingy and dirty. So I don't think I would want to ride an Amtrak train from New York to... Um, Los Angeles. However, if it was some kind of like bougie event thing that was like a like sort of an old timey train, you know, it like cost more money, but right. it was sort of like a vacation. Like it wasn't so much yeah. a, a trip as it is like that was the vacation that you go on these trains and like waiters mm-hmm. wait on you and whatnot. Then I could be into it. I think. Yeah. I I think it could be fun, but I feel like yeah, the U.S. trains aren't exactly the ones you'd want to be stuck on for days at a time. But there's some European routes that I think would be pretty 
pretty cool. Like maybe, you know, something more along those lines. And their trains are faster and cooler too, so. Like a murder on the Orient Express. Like that's the train <laughs> yeah. I'm looking for, so. <laughs> yeah, your dream come true. Uh, do um, you wish this show had taken place in a different anything era time period uh country do you think something like that a a location change would have helped this show you know i honestly don't i think that (laughs) the show had a very good premise like i honestly don't think that the show made bad choices necessarily so much as it was just too short like i think Mm, that if you you could follow the exact same plot points but if you gave us more backstory and spread it all out and allowed more time in between things, I think it would work. Like, I I okay. honestly feel like if the first season is up until the point where the assistant dies and we just get a lot more backstory and a lot more interesting things. And then the second season is them on the run that this works really well. And that the mm-hmm. and that the cop and the Phoebe Waller-Bridge character are both introduced as series regulars at the beginning of season two. <laughs> Yeah, I can see that. That you know what? You should be in TV writing. Maybe that would Honestly, I should. Uh we're both yeah. so smart. It's it's <laughs> that's the issue. Yeah. We should be brought in as experts to kind of help help these stories. I feel like I think about that a lot. Not that I could maybe write like the world's best movie, but I think I could help people be like, you really shouldn't do this right now. That doesn't make any sense. You, you know? should be like sort a test a... audience or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've always wondered how you get in on those because I would love to give feedback. I Yeah. I don't know if you have to live in Los Angeles or something. Maybe that <laughs> could be something to look into, Shelby. Moving yeah. to L.A. I feel like you guys could move to L.A. That feels like it could be yeah. your vibe. Yeah, but Californians, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure there's some nice Californians. No, there are. And is that closer to Utah? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. By about like 10 hours. Oh, well, there you go. Great. Awesome. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Well, this has been fun talking about this show. We will be back next week, uh, hopefully, with a pop culture roundup, provided that, you Mm -hmm. know, the world doesn't explode again. And then next week for our main episode, we have what I think is going to be a very special treat. We're discussing the newly released Hunger Games prequel book, which I have finished reading and I am just like ready to go discussing it because there is it's it is a lot of interesting things. Okay, I haven't started yet, but I have it from the library, so. You are in for a treat. It's it's longer <laughs> than I thought it was going to be. So, yeah, it's it's pretty hefty, but yes, it's a big old tome. But yeah, so <laughs> yeah. you can look forward to that next week. And it's sort of a sense of like, if you're only half interested but didn't really want to read the book, we've got you covered. Um, if you did read the book already because you're a huge Hunger Games fan, uh, we also have you covered. So yeah. honestly, it works in any situation. I think. Yeah, and I recently rewatched the entire Hunger Games series, so <laughs> we'll have some of that perspective, too. Oh, my gosh. Perfect. Um, <laughs> but in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. We're at PSURung on Instagram and Twitter, and you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can email us at PSURung at gmail.com. Um, I didn't even check if we had any reviews this week. I'm sure oh we have gosh. just oodles of them sitting yes. there waiting for us. <laughs> um, but in case we don't, You could leave us one right now so that I don't look like an idiot. Um, (laughs) Anything else, Shelby? 
No, that's it. Okay. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.